You heard that safe drivers get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap, and now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. So the great news is that Formula One delivered a really, really, really good weekend of racing in Melbourne. Kudos to the sport. Kudos to Formula One to all of us. And uh, that's one out of 21 Grand Prix done with. And I would definitely agree that they delivered a really, really, really good weekend of Formula One overall on and off track. And uh, by the way, I must admit, after making fun of the official F1 theme, I now love it. Yeah, I know. I've been hearing you humming it all the time when you think no one's listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) But I am just glad that they didn't change our podium ceremony tune. The Carmen soundtrack, you know. I can't think of a podium without that soundtrack. Oh yes, that is absolutely iconic. And I'm so glad that their research also probably told them that. And for those who noticed and wrote to us and asked, our new opening tune has been composed by Lucien from Australia. He's a big Formula One fan. He's a very engaging listener on our show. By the way, he's got his own podcast too. And apart from all of this, he's a professional singer, a musician, and his work has been published on Bandcap, iTunes, etc, etc. So basically, he's fantastic. And that's why the new tune is so fantastic as well. So thank you very much, Lucian. Thank you so much, Lucian. It's amazing. And in this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast, which actually is our 225th episode overall. And the folks at motorsport.com reminded me that this week is also our 101st episode on their network. Uh, We'd like to thank all our listeners, our partners, our supporters for the love, comments, feedback, criticism and everything along the way. Especially guys for the jokes that you've written to us with and urged us to use. Thank you. Yes, so in this week's episode, we listened to a special guest from Australia, Ashley. And then we discussed some of the important news and Formula One affairs. Yeah, and we're also going to spend a few minutes discussing the Australian Grand Prix, obviously, before moving on to the What Wolves Said This Week section. Very important (laughs) section. (laughs) So, guys, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and on Audio Boom for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. Absolutely. So, in Australia, um, Formula One teams, they all came well prepared, but Formula One did not. The sport had terrible teething issues. Ouch. And, uh, yeah, I remember the timing wire coming off. That was quite strange. <laughs> well, to me, the halo and the various... Television camera angles were an absolute disaster. I really wish that Formula One had uh, done such testing during the preseason tests itself because, hey, that's what we use uh, preseason testing for, right? And uh, I know that to get television equipment to an untelevised event is expensive, but uh, a couple of cameras wouldn't hurt anyone. And guess what? This is Formula One. They would have figured a way to make money out of that as well. And 
I, I say this even more so because of the general hatred that the Halo has generated universally. Uh, but I liked what Kimi Raikkonen said about the Halo. So he said that it kept the sun out of his sight. <laughs> <laughs> and I did like the new TV graphics. I thought they seemed quite trendy. Yes, uh, and the new TV graphics wanted to seem to have some fun too. So we had a last name versus last name and that had me cracking through the race. <laughs> but I think they should change that whole driver in danger graphic during qualifying. Because, you know, in motorsport that could mean something quite morbid altogether but still <laughs> yes and all in all uh, the packaging of the television graphics looks really modern and trendy so good going formula one uh, we also heard of the formula one and netflix deal so we will have a documentary on the 2018 formula one season be released in early 2019 for all the fans to see uh, basically formula one is already planning content for the off season which is another first for the sport and for Liberty Media. Uh, and let's remember, deals like Netflix are actually easy to come by because it's eventually about spending the money and uh, at least someone's now deciding to spend it. Although I'd, I'll be very eager to know who is actually spending the uh, money for production of this documentary. Is it Formula One, given their desire to reach out to new and different audiences? Or is it Netflix, who believe that Formula One has great potential to tell stories. I don't know. Yeah, I also like how Formula One is consciously trying to promote information and tourism about the host venues. Uh, this one in infographic, it spoke about Melbourne and how it is such a sporting city. It hosts Formula One, the Australian Open, and has hosted both the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games. Although I'm not sure if Australia is going to boast about their cricketing credentials for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> But guess what? We have a special guest on the show today. She is also from Australia. And when I say also, it's because Lucian's from Australia. So there's a lot of Australian flavor on our podcast. So the guest's name is Ashley. She's 12 years old and she's a massive Formula One fan. She was at the Australian Grand Prix over the weekend. And her father, Jeff, was nice to send us a quick sound bite of hers and her experience. So stay tuned uh, to hear Ashley's love for Formula One and Fernando Alonso. Yeah, for all of Ashley's Formula One love and excitement, Anne Kunal, she makes some pretty wise uh, analysis too. We should play her message right away. I think she's going to have been thrilled at Alonso's fifth place and Driver of the Day award. Okay, so here it is. Here's Ashley's message for all of us. Hi, my name is Ashley and I'm from Melbourne, Australia. I'm 12 years old and I love Formula One. My favourite driver is Fernando Alonso, and having two world championships, he is amazing. His team is McLaren. McLaren had engine problems last year and they kept trying things to fix what was wrong with the car and make the car better. They moved to Renault because Honda was bad for the team. It's interesting for McLaren with the new Renault engine because Red Bull had that engine last year and they did quite well. And this year they have it as well and they're doing well. Let's see if there's going to be a fight between Red Bull and McLaren. This year, the championship will be exciting. In some of Lewis Hamilton and Toto Wolff's interviews, they said they would like McLaren and Alonso to be more of a competitor to Lewis and Mercedes. It is also great news for me and my favourite team because I always want McLaren to be on the top and now I think Mercedes does too for a better competition. I've always been going to the Australian Grand Prix since I was five and I've always loved it. I love that Formula One is fun and exciting. There's never a dull moment. You always have to be focused and alert. 
When I'm older, I would love to be a Formula One commentator and interview the fantastic drivers that I look up to, even if I can't drive the cars. My visit to the Australian Grand Prix this year was amazing. There was so much to do. Shows and cars and former F1 cars. Experts answering questions. It was great. In the race, I like to see the Ferraris win for a change instead of Lewis, and I'm glad to see Alonso finish and get as high as fifth. I think Lewis will win the World Championship this year again because he's a great driver with a fantastic car. My dad and I are both big Formula One fans and we love watching all the races, especially Melbourne, because it's my home race. I am looking forward to a great 2018 World Championship and hopefully Alonso will get on the podium as many times as he can. Take that, Mr. Bernie Ecclestone. There are really cool kids who love Formula One. Thank you for a lovely message, Ashley. Formula One is doing their best to promote uh, the sport amongst kids. And we're trying to do our best to showcase their passion as well. And Ashley, to be honest, you seem already very knowledgeable about the sport. And that's fantastic. So here's hoping that you host your own podcast really soon. <laughs> and and for, our li- for all our listeners, Ashley's actually trained to speak on the radio. So here's wishing you all the very best, Ashley. I am so proud that young girls like Ashley are actually following Formula One. Kunal, I remember my days as a kid and uh, I used to love and watch Formula One too. But you know, when you're so little, you don't really know the entire calendar and all of that. So I had just figured out that if I put the television on, on the Sunday at a particular time, you know, at a particular hour, there was a good chance that I would get to see some racing. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and I would be most thrilled to see Kimi Raikkonen racing. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, in that case, you would have been thrilled to see Kimi Raikkonen's performance in Australia. And I know you probably can't wait to talk all about it. So, let's dive straight in. A few minutes to discuss the opening round of the 2018 Formula 1 season. So first things first, Lewis Hamilton's pole lap. It was a devastating lap. And when I say devastating, I mean for the opposition. Also interesting stuff from him in the press conference. And I've always said how I love the fact that Formula One drivers can use boxing style aggression sometimes. I liked his mind games with Sebastian Vettel, especially about the party mode. One that he claims that he did not use. And Toto Wolf claims that he did. Very confusing. (laughs) But this is what I love about competition. You try and beat them in every way you can. And why should Hamilton say what mode he actually used for his pole lap? And can you imagine Vettel and Ferrari would be guessing all along even right now? But uh, it is actually important for us to acknowledge that party mode or not, the six-tenths gap was all about Lewis Hamilton's talent and not about the Mercedes package alone. Uh, Here is when I quote Lance Armstrong when... He wrote his book, said it's not about the bike. In Hamilton's case, it's not about the Mercedes package, or at least it wasn't during qualifying in Australia. I was immensely pleased to see Kimi Raikkonen qualify ahead of Sebastian Vettel. And, you know, in fact, all through Australia, Raikkonen was ahead of Vettel uh, on timing. And through the race, I was just wondering to myself, how the hell will Ferrari get Vettel out ahead of Raikkonen and I was almost sure that it would be some sort of a botched pit stop but obviously I couldn't predict what actually happened. Yeah well knowing Ferrari they would have still made sure that even at the first race of the season they would have swapped places just to give Vettel that advantage but anyway back to the party mode. Sebastian Vettel has said that there's actually nothing for Ferrari to be worried about while Helmut Marco has said that there is a lot to be worried about especially if this party mode exists. 
And for all we know, it could be mythical and Mercedes are just having some fun. But let me put it this way. If this mode genuinely exists, then the Formula One party for 2018 will be ruined for us Formula One fans. Yeah, Kunal, I think it's time for you to just go back to your rant from what the last three seasons and tell everyone to just give the entire grid the Mercedes engines <laughs> or basically invite everyone to the party. <laughs> well, I can't believe that something we said in 2014 still is valid and holds true. And uh, look at Red Bull Racing, for example. They got stuck behind the house and they couldn't show their true pace. Barring uh, Daniel Ricciardo's fast lap, which Christian Horner is saying is proof enough that Red Bull is fast. But with the good chassis they have, they know that they are closer to Mercedes, but they will never be able to beat them purely on power units. Frankly, all of these discussions seem like a repeat from the last few seasons. Kunal, I am just going to move on and <laughs> we're going to talk about Haas actually. They were the highlight of the race. Uh, Magnussen kept Verstappen of all people at bay uh, with a very cool move at the start. And uh, that said, I'm sure they've gone back to their Ferrari technical collaboration contract and they've added buy pit guns to that list. <laughs> <laughs> well, had it not been for Magnussen's mid-race retirement, maybe he could have won the driver of the day instead of Fernando Alonso. Alonso wasn't a bad choice either, Kunal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course not. Uh, we actually had an Alonso versus Verstappen. We saw glimpses of what that battle could be like. I found it so funny that Alonso thought Verstappen's, uh, you know, waving at him uh, to tell him to go past was actually some sort of a trick. He was so suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this just shows that Verstappen is actually quite a clever character on track. And perhaps no driver really trusts him. Uh, but I can't believe what Verstappen said post-race that if he saw the race on TV, he would just switch it off. Very strange. Yes, frankly, I think the race was quite interesting. It certainly wasn't Formula Yawn, you know, a lot of races that last season were. Uh, anyway, I still can't get over Haas's reason to not perform a proper pit stop. Uh, you know, guys, you've built a good car for a change. And the least you can do is run a standard Formula One pit stop. You don't need to be the fastest. You should have just serviced your cars well and sent them back out. So I can't accept the, a reason or an excuse when they said that they didn't practice their pit stops enough. That's so stupid. It is so stupid, but heartwarming photos and videos of Grosjean going and hugging one of the mechanics who didn't bolt the tyres correctly. I'm sure that guy's feeling awful. Yes, and uh, these images reminded me of Michael Schumacher from, I think, the 2006 Japanese Grand Prix. Uh, but there was something strange about Haas's double retirements, and I could stir up a controversy here, given how Haas is a Ferrari customer team, and if they purposely decided to retire uh, their cars to bring out the safety car period, one that Vettel's strategy was hinging on. So, who knows? Kunal, you are always so suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you, Formula One is a global sport. There are so many ramifications. And anything is possible. Anything is also possible, speaking of which, uh, with Bottas's future. But he honestly just seemed under so much pressure in Australia, even before a single lap was driven. So his qualifying error cost him and Mercedes a possible double points, uh, a double podium, actually. I would yeah, say. And, yeah, but uh, Bottas has actually given a new name to his first name, Valtteri. That's when he clobbered the wall at turn two. So what I mean is it's now Valtteri Bottas and not Valtteri Bottas, 
Well, at least on our Facebook page, this was a popular joke. So maybe it's better when you read it. It's better when you read it, guys. <laughs> Don't judge Kunal. But no wonder Valtteri Bottas or Valtteri Bottas uh, agreed when he was asked about his new contract and he said that the extension talks could be disturbing. Yeah. And uh, each time I think of Bottas's extension, I think that uh, Daniel Ricciardo will get picked up. But uh, Ricciardo's race on Sunday proved why Red Bull Racing need to keep him. Uh, he was racing, he made all the moves and was just so spirited to get onto the podium. And guess what? He wasn't the Red Bull Racing car driver whining. Yeah, and this is despite Red Bull Racing claiming that they would be happy to let Ricciardo go if that's what he wants, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's true. That's what they did with Vettel too. But it's a bit surprising that they're so open about it. Well, Max Verstappen, on the other hand, seemed impatient and uncomfortable, especially when he was chasing the Haas. Uh, Verstappen made a very bold claim prior to the Australian Grand Prix that he relied immensely on self-belief and didn't ever feel like he needs a sports psychologist. Let's see if this remains true or if he will get himself one when the stakes keep getting higher in the world of Formula 1. So, the top five teams in Formula 1 in terms of budget scored all the points in Australia. And for all the talk around Renault's power units... All six of them scored points. Mercedes and Ferrari's customer teams have so much to catch up on already. Yeah, I read your tweet, Kunal. This was Force India's worst start to a season since 2009. Ouch. Uh, as for Honda, so this seemed to be a repeat of their story from 2017. Both the Toro Rosso cars, they retired with power unit issues. It just sounds so <laughs> ominous. But we cannot end this race segment without talking about the software glitch that cost Lewis Hamilton yet another win. And I remember this last happened in Monaco in 2015. So Mercedes still haven't really you know, sorted this issue out. Yeah, the uh, virtual safety car and the safety car period, it brings in the luck factor. And this time it just happened to work out heavily in Vettel's favour. And uh, surprisingly to me, Lewis Hamilton was very cool post-race. He, he actually said that Vettel and Ferrari did a good job to win. And I, I almost wondered if he was being sarcastic. Yeah, I found it funny that he proactively went to shake Vettel's hand. And Vettel was so <laughs> awkward, he didn't know what to do. But I think Hamilton would still be the most content driver in Australia. Because he knows that he's got a superior package for yet another season. And he can now go chasing the records that Juan Manuel Fangio and Michael Schumacher have. Yes, that's true. And uh, Ferrari would have noticed, as would have the others, that Mercedes had overheating issues in the race, especially when Hamilton and Bottas were chasing other cars. Hamilton was repeatedly warned to maintain his temperatures. And then towards the end of the race, uh, it seems that his tyres ran out of grip. So I wonder if Mercedes have yet again built a car that is unable to follow a car very closely with much ease. Although, Hamilton not chasing Vettel all the way till the checkered flag could also be because of the three engines per season rule that Formula 1 has stupidly enforced this season. I think Mercedes just knew that they have to build such a powerful car that they'd only be running up front in the, uh, you know, in the clean air and they won't need to follow any other car. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we move on to what Wolf said this week's section, here's something I found very funny, but I'm glad nothing dangerous came out of it. So Carlos Sainz Jr. almost fell too sick during the race for drinking too much water. 
Well, if I was the Red Bull brand manager, I would just be really annoyed because Carlos Sainz went around telling everyone that he has water midrace and not Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so much for believing that the Red Bull powered um, drivers are drinking Red Bull through these 300 kilometer long races. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's time for our special section. What Wolf said this week. Woo-hoo! And if I had a table here, I would be banging it ferociously. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wolf warned Formula One that Formula One's breakaway series might actually happen and that Ferrari's quit threats should be taken bloody seriously. Frankly, I'm just wondering why Toto Wolf is acting as like this de facto spokesperson for Ferrari these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's because uh, Maurizio Arriva Ben is not speaking about it. He's just focusing on performance. And honestly, if a breakaway series does happen, it may only be a Ferrari versus Mercedes. And while that is the current state of Formula One, I don't think a Ferrari versus Mercedes only series would be too much fun in the long run. Wolf also said that Mercedes would have to climb Mount Everest to keep Ferrari and Red Bull racing at bay. It's like a funny analogy. <laughs> and this was obviously before the start of the Australian Grand Prix. And it's just so much fun, you know, to dissect what important people say before and after each race <laughs> and like find inconsistencies. And uh, before we go, Formula One TV was a no-go in Australia because their servers weren't stress-tested yet. So much for Formula One's business admitting to the struggles that regular businesses face. And in our world, the world of Formula One is so perfect and so aspirational to look forward to. But now we're realizing that they're all humans out there. Hey, let me tell you, they've made a classical communications blooper. So they went and announced their surveys, created all the hype and fanfare and interest. But they never actually announced when it would go live. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, we can guarantee that we will be back next week on the Tuesday before the Bahrain Grand Prix. Thank you for tuning in and be safe. Fifteen minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, Yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. For fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.